happy Sinister Sighting Day. You are listening to my sisters from other misters, Donna and Carrie, a paranormal chicks. This is Marie from St. Louis. Creep it real. Carrie and we are paranormal chicks. Sinister sightings 160. Woohoo! Even number. Hey, y'all just heard from Marie A. Yes, and I love that happy Sinister Sightings Day. It sounds very official and I like it. Well, if you want to introduce Sinister Sightings Day, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. Hi ladies and pups, fellow Mississippian here. I've never shared this terrifying experience with anyone. A little backstory. My grandparents built a lake house in Greer's Ferry, Arkansas, back in the 70s, and I grew up going there with no issues other than the usual house creaks and critters. My parents would always stay upstairs in the master bedroom, which was on the ground floor, so when I would go stay downstairs, you know, in the basement, with the laundry and demons. Well, one of the last times I stayed there with my parents, I was downstairs by myself because I obviously think I'm a bad bitch or something. Boy, was I wrong. I have no idea what time it was or anything, but I woke up standing up at the bottom of the stairs to a voice yelling in my left ear. The voice angrily whispered, get out, and fucking pushed me up the stairs. I've never been so freaked out in my life. I ran my medium pizza ass up those stairs and have never stayed down there again. My aunt bought the house next door, so I stay there with my four pups if I ever go up now. I hope y'all enjoyed this story, and I'm so glad I found a podcast from my home state that I can support. Love, Kay. Oh my gosh, Kay. Well, yes, it's awesome that you're from Mississippi, but uh-uh, no, no, no. Staying in the basement? Mm-mm. You learned your lesson. Yeah, I don't. I don't do the. I don't do the basement. Uh. Uh-uh. But not I'm, to sleep down there. Like I'll go down there to do laundry if I must. But no, thank you. I'll pass. But no one needs to learn their lesson that way by being woke up by someone telling them to get out and pushing them up the stairs to get out. And oh, you know that person? They're not really there. Right. Like, mm-mm, no, they're not alive. No. 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 Thank you. No. First of all, I don't want to be woken up, period. Much less standing. No. I would much rather be sitting. And don't make me run upstairs and don't be whispering creepily in my ear. Right? <laughs> so many no thank yous in that whole story. Oh, but if you have any more, send them in. Hopefully not, but we hope so too. <laughs> Hi, Donna and Carrie. This is the first time I have ever sent an email. I love your podcast. Like an email, period? I'm thinking she means to a podcast. Me over here being a narcissistic asshole, being like, they got an email address just to email us? Oh, Lord. I enjoy hearing a lot of those creepy and unbelievable stories you guys tell. I got to say, this email will be a little long with a couple of ghost stories from friends and mine. The first story is from my friend Valeria. The first story is from my friend Valeria. For a bit of background, I am from Colombia. However, I currently live in Canada. Valeria lives in Colombia. We met in 2012 at university, but we became closer after I moved. Her story began in January 2020. She started telling me about the constant visions she will have of dead people trying to communicate with her. But the real problem started when she started hearing noises on the roof of her house one night. 
Mind you, she lives in a two-story house in a small town. These noises were scratching noises, but something an ordinary bird would not be able to do. She will also hear a bird in the middle of the night, which is weird because the only birds in the area are just doves or local birds, sometimes owls. She is not a person to immediately say it's a paranormal event. She tries to make a reason for it, but it's worsened as the nights went by. She would even text me late at night or early in the morning after something like that's happened, or she'll send audios, and I could tell she wasn't lying by hearing all of that fear in her voice. Of course, the noises were not the only things this would do. It would try to hurt my friend by trying to access her room, and it will laugh, scaring the hell out of her. She started using a rosary to sleep in her hand. She will leave the Bible open to Psalms 91. She'll put scissors beneath her pillow, a plate with salt beneath her bed. Until one night, she had again visions about a bruja or a witch who was doing her usual show to torture her. In her vision, my friend saw her standing in the tree outside with a big black bird body and a human face. She describes it as a beautiful young woman with white skin, blue eyes. She saw her that one time and everything stopped as fast as it started. She went to an indigenous shaman that protected all of her torments, including shadow people. This shaman told her that the person who sent her the bruja was her mom's ex, an awful guy who cheated on her for years. Until this day, we had no idea why this woman would do that since they broke up for almost a year before that and never spoke again. My partner from Mexico told me this happened to her several years ago. She was traveling back to her parents' house from university three to five hours away. She took a bus going there and everything was normal until they reached a highly accidental point in the highway called Carbonara? Question mark? I, I know that is pasta. She was sitting in her seat and her seat was in the window. It was around 6 or 7 p.m. when passing this specific point and for some reason she looked outside and saw the most terrifying thing in her life. She saw what she describes as La Morete or the death. As a tall figure covered in a long black robe. It was merely five seconds she saw this figure. However, somehow after she arrived at her parents' place, she felt as if she was being followed. That same night, she was sleeping without any thought about what happened earlier. She then felt as if someone called her name in the night. Simultaneously, someone or something putting all the weight on top of her. She had sleep paralysis. She didn't know what this was until I explained it to her. This has occurred to her one more time earlier this year and she immediately put some protection beneath her bed until this day we are not sure what it was or what it wanted or wants but i'm here to protect her from whatever the hell it is for my personal story as i mentioned earlier i live now in canada but in the last two years i've been moving around quite a lot due to work and school the last place i lived was a shared house where the owner and wife lived on the first floor for context, I lived in the basement room, which didn't bother me because it gave me a lot of privacy, and despite being a basement, the kitchen had a huge window allowing some light to come in during the day. But for some reason, I always felt creeped out in that kitchen like someone was behind me all the time. This never happened to me in any other place I've lived, and not even in the apartment where my dad passed away, and I lived my entire life there until I got to Canada. 
A couple of months passed, and even though I hated going there at night, which wasn't too far from my room, I avoided it as much as possible, leaving lights on in the hallway, keeping my door closed, or having my TV volume as high as possible. One day, I was cleaning the kitchen as it was my responsibility that week. My partner and I were having a rough time, and I was having many issues emotionally and mentally. After I finished mopping, I felt tired, and so I decided to sit for a little while, looking outside the enormous windows in the kitchen and just hearing my music. When, out of nowhere, I felt a hand on my left shoulder. I thought it was a landlord, and he would give me shit for sitting at the kitchen table, but as soon as I looked back... No one. No roommate was living downstairs at that time, and no one could hide right away since that huge-ass kitchen had nowhere to hide, not even in the laundry room since it was closed. I knew something did it, but I didn't feel scared for some strange reason. I felt calm. I believed that it was my dad giving me the strength I needed. I have many more stories I'll send in in another email. Thank you for what you do. You girls make me laugh when I'm having a really bad day in my depression or social anxiety. Love you girls, Allie. Okay, why was my takeaway? Wait, the landlord would get mad at you for sitting down in the kitchen? Me too. I was like, wait, why would he? Why? (laughs) So did y'all, wait, because it kind of sounded like maybe they shared a kitchen because it was like a house. Yeah. But like the kitchen window let light into the basement. So I was like, oh, maybe the basement has its own kitchen. And then like it was their chores for the week. So it's like almost like a hostel kind of thing is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I feel like or uh, VRBO. Yeah, because like a lot of times things will let you rent out just one room mm-hmm. to like live in, not just VRBO yeah. type, type thing. Yeah. Also, did you know in the commercial they pronounce it Verbo? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, I don't like it, so I say VRBO. <laughs> I know it's your company and all, but, like, <laughs> that's not the name of it. I mean, it's the same as GIF and GIF. I mean, GIF and JIF. Yeah, it will always be GIF. Yeah. Never JIF. I don't so. care what the owner says. <laughs> See? <laughs> don't be giving me shit, because I know that you argue about that. But also, here's another thing about pronunciation. I'm really sorry that I butchered yours, because, uh, Yeah. I need help. But thank you and your friend and your partner for sharing your stories with us. Again, I've never had sleep paralysis and I never want to experience that. Okay, the next one. Paranormal question mark? I guess, IDK, Sinister Sightings? That is a title that I would totally send in. Hey, y'all. I love listening to y'all's podcast while I'm at work. Okay, so my name is Hannah from Oklahoma. You can totally say my name and anybody in this email. To start out, the Hubs and I are Native American, but not like native native. We're white native, but we practice some of the same beliefs from our culture, including the superstitions. This includes epidermis strollers. I don't like saying its true name because it gives me chills <laughs> and awful feeling in my body. Do you know what that is? A, a, a spider? No. No! Skinwalkers! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I legit went straight to something crawling on your skin. I don't know. Spiders? Because I went to like something literally cr- like strolling on your skin. mites that live on your skin, Donna. <laughs> that would make sense. Kind. Epidermis strollers. <laughs> That's From funny. From here on out, it will forever be known as epidermis strollers. God, I love that you get these that have these names. That, like they will make. Yeah. They won't say. And he had no fucking clue. <laughs> I don't know. Spiders? <laughs> What's the other one? Winnebago? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
the W word. Winnebago? <laughs> These creatures can mimic any person or sound that they want along with shape-shifting. From what I understand and the stories I was told, these things were once native medicine men who started or acting darker medicine and eventually turned into evil creatures. We had our second son in October 2020. About a month later, my husband goes outside around 11 p.m. or midnight to smoke. It's pouring down rain and freezing outside. Our baby is fast asleep in his bassinet, and I'm in the house too. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, he hears a baby crying in the rain. A newborn cry, almost. We had a conversation about these things earlier that night, which you have to be careful because too much talk can bring them about, especially saying their name. He ran in the house as fast as he could and said, I just heard a baby crying outside. I walk outside to see if I could hear, and there was silence. We went back in and went to bed. A few weeks later, we were sitting on our bed talking about epiderma strollers again when it got creepily quiet and just still outside our open window. We shut the window and later walked outside to hear a baby crying again. We were the only family with a baby in our neighborhood. This thing was trying to draw us out to get us, especially since it always happened late at night. We would try to brush it off that it was our newborn, but only to find him fast asleep. It's been a while since we've heard or seen anything, but we for sure did not talk about it at all. Sorry for the long email, but I thought you would find it interesting. Holy camoly. Uh-uh, do not like that. No, no, no. That is so scary. Also, though, like how they say that serial killer you did, he would use a baby crying to lure people out. Yeah. Any Anytime I hear a baby crying at night, I'll be like, sorry about you. Sorry about you. Yeah, I'm gonna call 911 and be like, there's a baby crying out here. Not go check. Right? Mm-mm. Epidermis strollers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Carrie is not good at context clues sometimes, y'all. No. Give me... No. A typo? I'm like, what do they mean? It, they said love instead of live. Why don't you understand? <laughs> like, it. she's not joking. <laughs> She'll be like, I am thoroughly confused. I'm like, it. okay, okay. But she can understand an 18-letter word that has 20 different meanings, and it's only a phalange, which is a finger, but... Like, she understands so many little, like, technical things. And I'm like, epidermis <laughs> stroller? <laughs> you didn't get that? <laughs> because, I, you, you know why? It's because a lot of times I'm very concrete. And so it's like, okay, that's literally what walks on your skin. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So that's why. Sometimes I'm just too concrete. Ugh. I'm blaming it on my ADHD. Uh-huh. She's also very bad at that Mad Gab game. Hate it. <laughs> I hate it <laughs> and i won't read it out to you no she she's like you read it do y'all know what i'm talking about where it's like i like words that don't make sense but like when you read them together like it mashes together and it's like oh it me it says this really bad description there because i can't think of a all i can think of is alligator food alligator food's like i love you but it's like you when you mouth it no? Cool. Never did that? You Elephant like, shoe. Alligator food. Elephant shoe. It's this both. You can say either. Food has a duh at it. Okay. I said I love you. Oh! <laughs> I mouthed it to her and she was like, oh, and I actually said I love you, not alligator food. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, the next one is the Hillary Clinton sleep paralysis demon. Rainy greetings from England. So this isn't necessarily paranormal or creepy, but it's weird. One day in work, we were talking about conspiracy theories, and a Hillary Clinton one was brought up. Now, I really don't care much for Hillary or even 
really knew anything about her life and whatnot. I just knew she didn't win the election against Trump. Later that evening, I was flicking through the channels on the TV and she appears on two different TV channels. Now I'm like, right, that's a hell of a lot of Hillary for one day. Again, didn't give it too much thought and switched off the TV. Then I go to my usual podcast app, turn on a podcast. Yes, you guessed it. The advert came on was for her new podcast. I'm like, geez, this woman has taken over my life today. I listen to my podcast and fall asleep. So I suffer really bad from sleep paralysis every single night without fail. That night, guess who the sleep paralysis character was making their debut? Hillary Clinton. No way. She's by my bed saying, book, book, book. I woke up like, what the fuck is actually going on? Hmm, back to sleep I go. The three following nights, she appeared in my dreams. So I go buy her book in a bid that it's going to stop her haunting me. Well, that book changed my goddamn life. I was inspired and felt a sense of new resilience that she goes on about. I wanted to change my life. I had a new interest in politics and how I could fit in this crazy world of politics. I'm also a massive fan of a trouser suit now. I'm now going to be studying social sciences and politics in September. I know she's extremely controversial, so I hope the conspiracies about her aren't true. But either way, the Hillary Clinton sleep paralysis demon has absolutely shaped my future. Thanks for reading, Zoe. She, her. Wait, what are the conspiracies? I mean, besides all the, like, they killed all these people. Is that it? Probably that's it. I don't know all the conspiracies about her, but that's wild, though, that someone that, you know, it was just like an off chance that y'all were talking about her, and then... Or was it? Ooh. Just kidding, I have no idea. I don't even know what the conspiracies are. <laughs> but, but you know, like, but I mean, just that conspiracies came up that day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's really cool, though, that you got her book, actually read the book, and it helped you, and really shaped your future it seems like and that's really really freaking cool and i can't pull off a pantsuit i know i want to pull off the high-waisted with the tucked and it just it don't it don't do on me Mm-mm. humpty dumpty don't need no suit okay there's extra large pizzas that it looks good on mm-hmm. but it don't look good on this stuff crust no Mm-mm. also i would be like you're not the boss of me i'm not buying that book <laughs> sleep paralysis demon whatever after three nights i'd be like i'll buy the book okay the next one hey girls i'm back In my last story, I talked about my ghost, Joseph, and talked about his response to hooking up with a hot ghost. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this is a follow-up to last week's Sinister Sightings that everybody in the Facebook group was asking about. Yeah, it's the same girl. Oh my God! Okay, I can't wait to read this. Okay, so I can read. (laughs) (laughs) This, ah! (laughs) It says, this time I have another ghost story, but this one isn't as happy. I don't know, I haven't read this and I just saw the same name. Okay, okay, okay. About a week ago, another ghost showed up in my house. I still have no idea why we have ghosts, but I've given up on figuring it out. She looks to be in her 60s, wears Renaissance clothing, and has a tight bun atop her head. And she always, always has a cigarette in her hand. The first time I saw her scared me the most. I'd been fast asleep, and in my dream, I started smelling cigarette smoke. This made no sense because there was nothing in my dream that could produce that smell, but about five minutes later, I realized I was half awake and I was actually smelling it. Now, no one in my family smokes, neither of my parents, not me, and my younger brothers certainly don't. My heart dropped. Someone or something was in my bedroom. I slowly opened my eyes and looked towards the end of my bed. 
Let's hurry and backtrack and look at the layout of my bedroom. I have a pop-up closet right next to the door, leaving a small indent where the doors open. In the middle of the wall opposite my closet is my bed, with my record player, art supplies, and more on the stand to the left and my dresser to the right. Now, at the end of my bed on the wall across from where I sleep is a full body mirror. I know this seems like it should sketch me out a bit, but I've never had problems. The woman was standing in the indent by my closed bedroom door, where it was slightly darker, near my goddamn sacred pride flag. Like, come on, don't taint my pride. When I looked at her, we made eye contact, while she slowly took a drag of her cigarette and started walking towards me. I put my head under the bedspread because I had nowhere else to go, and I did not want to choke on the smoke, as it was already bothering me. When I finally realized I couldn't smell the smoke anymore, I peeked my head out, and I didn't see her. I immediately went downstairs and told my mom we have another ghost, and she tried to suffocate me. My mom refuses to believe that we have ghosts. She doesn't want that stuff in the house, and she doesn't want us inviting it. She pushed it out of her mind, and I moved on. For the past three nights, she's been watching me sleep. If I turn away from her, she starts to breathe heavily. Last night, she freaked me out so much. I guess I got less than four hours of sleep. I left my bedroom at 4.30 in the morning to get away from her. I have summer school, and like Carrie would say, don't fuck with my sleep. While I'm typing this, I'm in my room with all the lights on and sitting up in bed because I'm too afraid to fall asleep. Even when Joseph sits at the end of my bed to try to comfort me, she still watches. I've slowly started to think I'm going insane. I'm exhausted and I know what I'm seeing is real, but the more people I talk to, the more people ask if I need to talk to someone. I get it. It sounds crazy, but I can feel the smoke on my face. My great-grandmother, not biological, on my mom's side, has also seen ghosts. Although hers was in her own house, another story for another time. I'm trying to find a time that I can go talk to her about this, but I don't know how well she can help as she hasn't seen them. I have to be up in six hours, so I need to try to sleep, but this is the part that scares me the most. When I get up and turn the lights off, she'll be right there. I'll update y'all eventually. Feel free to use my name, Riley. Riley, you got a lot going on. Yeah, well, piggyback on Carrie from last time. Maybe it is Joseph and, like, since you've, like, invited him in more and everything, maybe he's like, yeah, come on in to other spirits and they're draining you. And that's how he's going to weaken you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either, but I, I mean, the Joseph thing just is bizarre to me in that like why does he change like how does he change i just don't think that there's a way for them to just like grow up you know just like like a, like a ghost like that you know what i mean like that they can't just be like let me grow legs and you know yeah like they don't progress like get better right i don't know do you see what i'm saying is that making any sense yeah but we just want to say be super careful definitely reach out for help with maybe somebody i don't even know who you reach out to help for but like you know there's people in the facebook group that may be able to help or some local paranormal people i don't know yeah but also keep us posted like we really do care about you worry about you all the things the next one is a niagara haunting Hey ladies, I recently heard my story on your podcast and I was so excited. I paused the episode and ran around the house yelling for my husband so we could listen together. I wrote about my parents' house where my dad and I heard someone in the kitchen at two separate times as well as seeing a dark figure in the kitchen window. 
Carrie kept talking about how we must live in a cabin. It was so cute. So I told you that I had some stories from when I lived with an ex in the city of Niagara Falls. So we will call my ex Hans. Okay, this house was on a very small side street right off the main tourist part of town called Clifton Hill. It has wax museums, restaurants, hotels, arcades, a giant Ferris wheel, mini golf, and the Maid of the Mist boat tours. If you've never been, it's absolutely fun, especially in the winter as there's a giant festival of lights along the water. So many attractions right on the water at the falls on the Canadian side. Okay, so this house was technically a duplex. The main floor was a double garage and between them were stairs to go to the second floor where there were apartments to the right and to the left of you. Well, my ex's family owned the whole building and took the doors off to make one large apartment. So after a month or so of dating this guy, he hounded me to move in with him, so I did. The family also owned a large restaurant whose property was just behind this house where we all ended up working after a while. So I hope you have a sense of how these properties are situated and I can start with the spookiness. So my ex was open to all things ghostly and we would talk about spooky things all the time. I think it all started just after I moved in and he had to go up to their cottage up north to start renovations. I had to work so I was alone in the house for at least two weeks. So I'm home alone watching the first season of American Horror Story getting myself all freaked out. One night I'm in bed just starting to fall asleep. I never fall asleep with socks on. Ugh, how can you sleep with socks on unless it's like 30 below zero or something? Are you speaking English? I don't even understand that. (laughs) And people who are normal, Carrie, do not sleep with socks on. (laughs) If I don't have socks on, I, I cannot sleep. Cannot sleep. Yeah, I know there's a clear divide. You either sleep with socks on or you don't. Like, you can't. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, my brain cannot process sleeping without socks. (laughs) So she had no socks on, but had the sheet and duvet over her. Just as I'm drifting off, I feel a touch on my feet. No fucking joke. I felt fingers on my skin as if someone was walking past the foot of my bed with their hand dragging along my feet. Not over the sheets, but over my skin. And it was slow. I felt it snapped my eyes open without moving my body and continued to feel them finish dragging their hands over my feet. So that's alarming and I'm alarmed, but for some crazy reason, I just looked at my feet, saw nothing and went back to sleep. I told my boyfriend about it and he didn't know what to make of it. A few times I would be watching TV in bed and in my peripheral vision, I would see a solid mass in the shape of a large man beside the bed. It was a dark ember brown color. I yelled for Hans and he came in and stated matter-of-factly that this was our space and they needed to leave. It was a nice gesture, but I'm not sure it worked. Another evening, we were driving home from his parents' house in Barrie, Ontario, and I was overcome with sleepiness. It wasn't even late. We got home about 8 p.m. While we were on the road, he got a call from his brother telling him that a pipe burst in the restaurant's basement and he had to come by to help fix it and clean it up. I was having none of it. We got home and I started getting ready for bed. Hans was talking to me and I snapped at him to leave me alone that I was dead tired and that I was going to sleep. He looked at me like I had two heads and just left to deal with the restaurant. So I get into bed and turn over so my back is to the door. After a minute, I had a feeling like I was being watched. I assumed that Hans was home and I didn't hear him come in. I just laid in bed waiting to fall asleep when all of a sudden I felt two hands grab my shoulders hard. I snapped straight up in bed and looked around. 
There was nothing and no one. I sat there in my small shock for a moment. After catching my breath, I turned back around to lay down. I lay there with my eyes open, wondering if I really felt something grab me or if it was a very real dream. Just then, I felt someone sit beside me on my bed. I sat up slowly looking at where I was feeling the thing sitting there and ran my hand over the mattress but couldn't actually feel a dent with my hand. My boyfriend came back soon and I told him everything and he had to snuggle close at night. It seemed like it only messed around when he wasn't there. One day during a hot summer, we had most of the windows open to provide a cold draft through the house. Now I understand that when it's windy, it can slam the door shut. So one night I was in between sleep and awake and I kept having dreams of faces fading in and out of smoke and hearing my name over and over in my ear. Then all the doors seemed to be slamming, but once you slam a door, it's going to latch shut. But there's only so many doors and it was over and over for hours of doors slamming. All the while I was hearing this, my body just stayed in bed and kept trying to sleep. I asked Hans in the morning if he heard anything and he said he didn't hear anything. Later that fall, we spent a few weeks up at his cottage. It was pretty chilly at night and we pulled a futon in front of the wood stove for warmth to sleep. That night, I dreamed that we were at the cottage and there were many people walking around us talking. It was quite loud and I thought to myself that I'm sleeping here. Why is everyone so loud? Hans also had a dream, but it was that a dark menacing figure was standing over the futon. The figure started to reach down and touch me. Hans told me that he woke up and saw the figure reaching for me, so he reached up to grab it, but it dissipated into nothing. A year or so later, my job was mad stressful, so I quit and started working with Hans' family at their restaurant. It was a very slow restaurant. Mostly, they had a couple of people in at a time, but mainly would entertain their friends and family from back in Switzerland that would come to visit. So one day, Hans's father was on the patio with one of his friends drinking wine while I was showing a newly hired waitress how to use the coffee machine. Hans was at home in the shower and his brother was in the kitchen cooking. There is no one else in the building. All of a sudden, I see the same dark figure from my bedroom walk from the back foyer towards the door and just went through it. The door didn't open. The door didn't even chime. They just walked through it. I looked up at the waitress and asked, did you see that? She said, yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing. We made an account for where each person was and was accounted for. It was super crazy. That was closer to the end of our relationship. And I actually met my husband through friends of Hans friends and knew it was in game and had to leave Hans. It was a tad dramatic, but it was for the best. We've been married for seven and a half years, have two kids with another surprise on the way. My husband, Kieran, gets super creeped out just talking about ghosts and stuff, and I've been trying for years to get him to tell me some scary things from his childhood, but he just won't. After telling some of my stories, he may start to come around, I hope. His mom has told me some things, so maybe I'll have to get it from her instead, like crazy dreams of a ghost girl and stuff like that. Well, thanks for all you do. Keep it up. Cassandra. That is so weird that like you had so many different experiences. Yeah. And it was like, as the relationship was more toxic, so were the experiences. Yeah. And it was like when you were by yourself too. So it was like when you're most vulnerable. Yeah. And hello, doesn't your new husband know this is how you're supposed to bond? 
You're supposed to be able to send in a sinister sightings of your shared stories. <laughs> see, and I'm thinking, he's like, no, we see what happened with your ex with all that <laughs> stuff. I'm saying way the fuck away. I'm on your husband's side. <laughs> and congratulations for your children and your new surprise. This one is sinister. No, more neat and a cool tidbit too. Hello, ladies. July 2021. New beautiful creepster here. This happened to my mother's best friend, but involves me. Hopefully it's not too long because I have a couple other things to mention. When I was 14 in 1995-96, my mother went to the hospital on Christmas Eve. She had had a brain aneurysm and ended up passing away on January 3rd, 1996. At the time, she was engaged and he lived with us and all of us lived with my grandparents. Found out after her death that she wanted her fiancé to adopt me and me take his last name, which is goddamn ridiculous because I wasn't going to change my name to Dick. Nope. Anyway, I don't recall the timeline of how long he lived with us after she passed or when this happened exactly. But I know around six months after her death, her fiancé had started dating, or my grandma thought he had, I don't actually know, and she was really upset and wanted him out. My mom's best friend came to us one day to tell us she had been woken up one night and my mother was standing at the end of her bed. She told her she was fine and told her to let my grandma know that I would be fine and not to worry about her fiancé because he would be with her soon. Her fiancé had been getting dialysis for years. I don't recall what was wrong with him exactly, but around five years after my mother's death, he passed away. I thought back to what happened to my mom's best friend, and it freaked me out. As soon as she died, I basically said, I love you, but don't you dare visit me. She did in a dream once, but it was me finding out that she wasn't actually dead, aka I watched too many soap operas back then. My mom's fave was Young and the Restless, and a few years later, I got really into Passions. Yes! <laughs> With, uh, n- n- what was his name? I never watched Passions. Oh, God, that seems right up your alley, though. With the doll that came to life. Yeah, but I didn't. Another quick true crime-ish story that is in 2008 to 2011, I lived in Alexandria, Virginia, and worked at a pool management company. One day, one of the managers came in and said they were at one of the apartment complexes we managed the pool at in Manassas. The property manager had taken my coworker to their storage closet to show him a piece of carpet. On this piece of carpet was dried blood. After an incident, they had renovated, obviously, and they had saved a piece of the carpet. That blood had belonged to none other than Mr. John Wayne Bobbitt. What? Thanks for reading my stories. I do have a story about something we found in the wall of our basement. It's not sinister, but it's pretty neat. Let me know if you want me to send it in. Love you ladies and your accents. It's nice listening to others that not only are into creepy, but also have dirty minds. Celeste from Buffalo, New York. Oh my God, that's hilarious because Celeste is now like on Discord. She comes to all the game nights, yeah. all the things. Well, uh, j- had just joined as a beautiful creepster on yeah. Patreon when they sent that. Golly. Holy shit, though. Yeah, definitely going to need you to send that in about finding whatever it was in the wall. Also, your last name to Dick. Oh, that would have been hard. Uh, get it, Dick hard. Uh, I, didn't uh, even, I didn't even get it till I said it. All right, last one, and it's called Not So Sinister Sightings. Hey, you wonderful spook queens, and your little dogs, too. Wicked Witch of the West voice, that's as good as I could do. Okay, so I recently posted in the Facebook group about my husband documenting my sleep talking. I've always been a vivid dreamer and can almost always relate what I dream about to what happened in real life. 
Sleep talking is no exception to this. Anyway, shout out to Anne for inspiring me to write this in. And here, Carrie, it's a story so you won't run out. These aren't stories that my hubs have documented, but it's definitely some of my best work. Let's set the scene. It's 2000. I'm in fifth grade and a chunky monkey. I've got the hots for Sean William Scott because my parents loved a good teen comedy back in the day. So naturally, any boy who remotely favored him got the glory of being the first entry in my diary. A friend of mine who totally rocked the frosted tips and had that crooked grin like Sean William Scott, we'll call him Corey, was it. Heart eye emoji. The best part about him is that he wore those really cool button-down short sleeve shirts with the coordinating tee underneath. This one day in particular, I was very determined to get his attention. Not sure what the plan was after that since, you know, we're 10. I wore my best matching getup from Limited to the plus line, and I was excited that I was going to get to ride the same bus as Corey since I was staying with my grandparents that weekend. Nothing dramatic happens because Corey and I were already friends, and I had no idea how to cast that line yet to even think about reeling him in. But it's been like 20 years and I still remember his shirt. It was black with light gray to blue ombre flames coming out of fucking surfboards. Y'all, we were in Kentucky and this boy is rocking some flaming surfboards. Can you say mega hunk? Your girl was in love. I go home to my grandparents. I fall asleep before my grandparents and after God knows how long a beautiful turn of the century slumber, I am being shook at the wake by my granddad. He's got a potty mouth that would make Sailor Jerry blush, so he's yelling at my round as fuck little face, God damn it, wake up! Who in the fuck is Corey? Did you bring a boy home? Where in the hell is that little son of a bitch? I'll kill him. (laughs) You did that so good. (laughs) Shocked from this sleep disturbance, not my granddad's language, I slowly piece together what's happening while this man is on his knees looking for some random boy dramatically lifted up the bed skirt and punching the clothes in the closet you know the works i finally get it together and ask papa what are you talking about i heard you in here talking some cory said heard you in here talking something about cory said southern papa mocking my voice while his teeth damn near fell out of his head use my pencil cory i have extra paper for you cory <laughs> And I start laughing, which makes him mad, then confused, and then embarrassed. I told him I have a friend named Corey, and cue the bullshit. He left his backpack on the bus this morning and needed school supplies, because over my dead, round, pasty white ass, will I admit I have a crush on someone to my grandfather. One more check for 10-year-old intruders, and Pap is finally settled down. But that's when I learned I was a sleep talker. Knowing I have the literal fucking gift of gab, but forgetting about it because I'm a child, we move on to why I'm glad to live a humble life in the sticks with no threat of people shaking me down for information for all they need to do is to let me sleep. But this is a story about how I learned I would respond to questions in my sleep. Picture it, still a chunky monkey, but it's hot. It's the South and me and my last ditch friend, the one you have but never pick first in dodgeball. It sounds shitty, but seriously think about that one kid you knew as a child who maybe their parents were friends with yours and you were very irritated by them. But when you were lonely, they were always down to keep you company. Just me? Welp, guess I was a bitch goblin as a child. Just kidding. I'm a Gemini. I never give a shit. Anyway, let's call last ditch friend Chelsea. 
Chelsea was my age, but a lot taller. She had a really annoying laugh and always tried to copy everything I did. This particular time, we're camping with my dad's parents in a campground, not wilderness style. We bring our bikes and our swim stuff, and we have a good old time. Day one and two were fine, but day three, I was over it. I just wanted to be an only child again and be left alone. So I stay pretty quiet that day. We swim and float and the sun feels good. So good, in fact, that it spawned the little devil on my shoulder and dried that little angel out all crispy, like bird poop in the hot sun, or rather, bird poop on her hair. Y'all, this girl had a mop of hair, fuzzy and bouncy. Honestly, it's beautiful now, but I digress. We were riding bikes and laughing when the bird bomb lands smack dab in the center of her head. Time slowed down and I try not to notice. I let it bake without telling her. My gears start turning. I know she copies me. So by the time we are in the pool, I start doing this tiptoe beluga torpedo thing where I put all the top of my head underwater, then push up with my toes. Like Independence Day always falling on the 4th of July, she does it too. Giggling that stupid dumb laugh that still echoes in my ear holes, the bird poop doesn't budge. It just gets supported by the poofy nest of her hair. It's white and like dried up. I remember thinking how much it looked like moss. We get out shortly after, go back, eat dinner, have s'mores. Since it's the last night, we slept in a two-man pop-up tent. And there beneath that sweet, sticky summer moon, I spilled my guts and revealed my secret. Unbeknownst to me, when she got up to go pee, she came back to the tent and said, It's just me, which startled me enough, but not fully awake. I asked if she washed her hands, and she giggled, Yeah, of course. My bitch ass said, You missed a spot, in a teasy voice. Well, that wasn't a teasy voice, but <laughs> whatever. She said, who are you talking to? And I said, um, Chelsea. And she said, what spot did I miss? I just rolled over and said, you should have seen your face when that bird poop didn't float away. A little confused and very concerned, she said, what bird poop? Me, on your hair. Yeah, it was like that all day. It was gross. Ew. And apparently I rolled over and started snoring and she couldn't get me to wake up. She stayed up until my pawpaw came out and told him I made a bird poop on her. He laughed because it sounds silly and she just left me alone until we left that day. I woke up not realizing what happened until we got home and her dad called my dad about it. My dad is the prankster of his friends and mostly just had questions about the state of the poop and how come I didn't tell her. I probably got in trouble but that part fades. My parents always pushed me inviting her places, but not after that. Well, that's how I got here, and yeah, I was definitely a little shit, all the puns intended. I'm happy to say that I've stayed in touch with both Corey and Chelsea, and Corey never knew I had the hots for him, and those shirts, and meow. And Chelsea got over it, and we got back in touch in college. I'm now just a happy, sassy sleep talker, and don't have the energy to be so petty. Thanks for reading my Sleep Talk Chronicles. If Hubs gets more recent goodies, I'll send those too. P.S. For all y'all keeping count, I sent this on July 10th. <laughs> Keep on keeping y'all. Dana. Wow, you were a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I just love missed a spot. What spot? The bird poop on your hair. <laughs> oh my god. But I love your thing, the beluga thing. And like, I've done that before where you just kind of like torpedo, like head down, but you just like put your feet, like your tiptoes. So you go as far down. Oh my gosh. The shit you do in the pool. I, 
I don't know why. I feel like that just gives me vibes of I had this friend in third grade, and y'all, I was in love with this boy for years, years. And of course, she was friends with him. And uh, I was a chubby kid, and she wasn't. And one time, and one time, she called me and said that she had just got off the phone with said boy and that he liked me, and it wasn't true. What an asshat! <laughs> God, that's giving me those vibes. <laughs> but you didn't do anything to. I mean, not that this girl deserved bird poop on her. No, she was just an annoying kid. Poor thing. We all look. We all did have that friend. I know, but she's just a poor little annoying kid. But like, don't be annoying. Well, you can't. You can't. If the kids are annoying, kids are assholes. Exactly. Case in point, both of them. Annoying and an asshole. But that's how you have to learn to not be so annoying. No. Oh, gosh. That is too funny. Nothing is funnier than your your grandfather being like, who the hell is Corey? Where is he? There's a boy in here. I smell him. I know. <laughs> also, uh, you did very good on that part, Donna. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, thank y'all for sending in these awesome stories. We never get tired of them. Keep them coming. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.